Hello, it's Dragazus. I'm coming to you live from my bedroom with this crazy hairstyle that you probably aren't seeing if you're listening to this in podcast form. I wanted to take a second to go ahead and introduce tonight's episode, which is the final debate between myself and Andrew. We did this live over on YouTube, so if you want the full experience with like the questions popping up and stuff, go check it out and watch it. Also, there was an after show that I couldn't stay around for, but it's another hour of content. If you want to go check that out, also on YouTube. Right here, we're just going to be posting the debate. We're going to keep it simple, but I'm not going to edit it because I don't want it to sound too clean. It's a live debate. We want it to be a little messy. That's where you get the nuance, okay? So, if you're seeing me right now, I apologize. I know only Spotify has videos, but... I look a hot mess. Everyone out there can picture it. If you've just seen an afro get frizzy beyond belief, that's that's pretty much it. So, without further ado, here it is. Should we cancel Paul? That's my vote. Or should we consider him the daddy of Christianity, like Andrew says? You decide. Make sure to give us a nice rating or let us know what we did wrong. Subscribe and follow the podcast. If you have any questions, you can reach out to us that way. But you can also email unholy trinity, not spelled like the show name, it's, you know, unholy, and T R I N I T Y 2021 at gmail.com. I promise you I'm going to try to do so much better to pay attention to emails. <laughs> ADHD. And without further ado, here we go. Hey, y'all. How's everyone Hello. doing? Hello. Oh. Hey, y'all. Oh, wait. Are we uh, supposed to have our boxing yeah, out? That's my neck of the woods. Uh, how's everyone doing? Just like doing thinking all right. about Paul. Um, <laughs> So I kind of wanted to give a little bit of an opening statement. I will be moderating the debate. Oz will be hosting it. So lucky for y'all, Oz will be here. But before we get started, I wanted to say, this is for fun, right? This is for fun. This is not like a professional academic debate. If y'all watch these episodes, Jugazus and I just shaded the fuck out of Paul. Um, And then when I talked to Andrew... Um, we did a little bit more of the sort of like historical breakdown, right? So it, this is for fun. And if y'all back either of my friends into an uncomfortable corner, you're going to get to deal with my bitch ass. So and that does <laughs> not nice. mean do it on purpose. If you have some kind of like pain kink, that's not. A yeah, <laughs> I will send you an invoice. It would um, be fun to watch. <laughs> I will send you an invoice and I will embarrass you publicly. Um, we want everyone to have fun, ask your questions, do whatever um, but just like keep it cute. You know what I mean? As a side note, if anyone has questions about the videos or video that they saw of like that 5-4 king uh, witnessing to Jagazus at the American Atheist Convention, just save it to the end. You can ask us. We'll talk about it. And by we, I mean not me. <laughs> Somebody else. You know what I mean? So on that note, we're just waiting for Korea and Oz to pop in when they're ready. Um, oh, hey, DJ Ozzy Oz, what's up? Really good time. Hi, everyone. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Okay, so just one quick piece of housekeeping. So I know that um, we said Captain Dadpool is going to moderate tonight. Um, 
So he had a had a really bad allergic reaction. Oh, in yeah, his... he's in the chat. Yeah, he's saying like, Hi. I'm so sorry I wasn't able to moderate the debate. I'm having some medical issues. And like, you can even see in the TikTok that he made today that like it started and he said it just gotten worse and worse yeah. and he's having trouble so, like, talking. Sorry so, to so. jump in, but like I had this issue. <laughs> I had an issue where like parts of my face were swelling up and then all of a sudden all of my face was swelling up and it was happening like, every other day uh and then it was every day and when i went to the um allergist they were like i don't know nothing seems wrong nothing seems wrong like my <laughs> face is swollen shut bitch um <laughs> i look so, like i'm eating a softball oh dude it looked like i got someone just like held me down and beat the shit out of my face like it was everything was swollen um so when you go to the allergist press them Press them because they might put you on some bullshit. Anyway, that's all I have to say. Just make sure that you press them. Um, and also, if they won't do it, cut out processed food and then build it back in to see if you Ugh, react to anything. That's the hardest. It sucks. One that's at a time. And that mm. worked. Yeah. So on that super upsetting note, <laughs> hey, Jenna, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, I guess so Oz and I are going to be here like for in between the rounds to um, to kind of give our insights or impressions about what is happening and maybe address some of the the comments that that we see. Um, But for the most part, so um, did we go over the structure for the debate yet? We can. So what we're going to do is uh, the overarching theme here is should we make Paul our dad? Or should we cancel him? <laughs> Again, this is just for fun. Um, we're going to do five-minute openings. So each of you get a five-minute opening statement. <laughs> um, we will then have five-minute rebuttal. Yeah. Um, after that, we'll have 20 minutes of open dialogue. If you all start yelling over each other, which I doubt you will, um, I will step in. I don't know. There's definitely drinking. I think we'll be yellers. We are very much in love with each other, Andrew and I. You know, as, as two men will be who do podcasts together. I don't know. This is a very gay debate. Yeah, it's going no to be. What's going to happen? It's going to be. Um, after the 20 minutes of dialogue, tactics. If I think I'm losing, like we'll just see what happens. Hey, whatever. You know what? There's a lot of alcohol involved. Um, after the 20-minute dialogue, we will do 10 to 15 minutes of question and answer, depending on how many questions we have. Um, so if you have those questions and answers, please make sure you tag either myself or Correa. Um, or you can and do it who you want. Oh, Rachel. What? Oh, my gosh. That would be horrible. What? Make sure you tag. Oh, she said um, it's all the alcohol that he drinks. I bet that's that was my culprit. first thought. Sulfates. <laughs> Listen, none of my business. Um, I call bullshit. Oh. I call bullshit. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> shut up. Okay, wait, back um, track. So, <laughs> so after the questions, then we will do five minute closing statements each. Y'all can vote if you're still like sober. Um, yeah, that's all and, like, I have for you. Drinking you throughout insolent this children. Thing. This is not meant to be sober. Oh, I'm staying Cheers. sober, so I'll have the hand up. Look at, like, Andrew is he has a mug He's with so the prepared. If any of you saw the drunk shenanigans episode that I oh, posted God. a couple weeks ago. I couldn't get through it. 
Dude, I couldn't watch myself be no. that stupid. I was so embarrassed. I haven't watched any of your attempts or actual Paul episode because I know I would probably be better at a debate if I knew what kind of material you were coming with, Andrew. But I was like, no, I want to be surprised. I want this to be straight, like, off the cuff. I don't want to know what you're going to say. Wait, you were going to do. Straight. Yeah, yeah I was like... We're very serious. We're talking about soul. Here. It's not going to be straight. Why don't we let Oz give a little opening Is statement since he's hosting and we're all just shit talking left and right? You know? Well, yeah. And this DJ is- Ozzy Oz. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this. I've been looking, looking like the devil who made you. <laughs> looking like the devil who created you. Mm. Pam, I'm so glad that you enjoyed it because I almost didn't air that episode. <laughs> Hide myself to sleep in shame, to be honest. Um, yeah. All right, Oz, take it away. Well, uh, welcome <laughs> to the, uh, I guess, Drunken Shenanigans, now the debate version, the debate edition, uh, where Andrew and Jagazus are going to debate on whether Paul was a piece of shit. Um, let's get it on. A fight. Um, all right, so this is what we're going to do. I'm going to pick the number between 1 and 10. Whoever is closest to that number is going to start with their opening statement. Please hold. Okay, I've picked my number, Andrew. Between 1 and 10, you said? Yes. Six. That was mine. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Uh, okay, okay. Three, three, three. All right, Stand Andrew, you're going first. My number was seven. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so hold on. I'm going to start the clock. Are you ready for your opening statement? Oh, it's a legit timer. Shit. Oh, okay. you got five oh, yes. Okay, well, I need to put a timer on for myself. Otherwise, I'll get nervous. Hold on. And okay. I did bring my Bible. I'm ready. Hell yeah. 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 I know I could bring my you know Bible. I mean? That would have might, might have been a good idea. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. Three, two, one, go. So I think that whenever we have conversations about Paul, we usually find um, some example of two extremes. One of the sides about Paul suggests that he is basically the dude who won the Bible. Like he's the best dude since sliced bread. He's amazing. He's the greatest thing that happens in the Bible. And the other perspective is that, you know, he's the one of the worst maniacal creatures that could have ever gotten into power to help Rome do awful shit. Neither of those extremes is necessarily useful whenever we're going to have legitimate conversations about someone like Paul. The perspective that I would like to suggest for this conversation is that uh, Paul is completely worthy of criticism, but we should criticize him correctly for what he does say that isn't helpful or doesn't, for what he um, says that is harmful or he doesn't, and leave him in that space without having to make up extra shit to make him seem worse than he actually was or uh, without having to ignore things that are problematic that he did legitimately say. Um, here's why I think Paul is valuable and is worth our consideration to, to, to set as a focal point for the new Testament church and arguably not a total piece of shit. I'll throw that in. Uh, one, he is invaluable to acknowledging the way the early church came to function as a cohesive unit or how it eventually became cohesive. Um, the connection between early church stoicism and Epicurean philosophy is primarily expressed through the writings of Paul in the Christian canon. Um, the development of the church would not 
we not be able to have as good a historical resource if we did not pay attention to how Paul wrote. And whatever you think about Christianity, without his works, we wouldn't be able to examine and benefit from learning what we can about the most prevalent evangelical, the evangelist religion today. Um, we also get the clearest example of early Christian rhetoric from Paul, early Christian preaching, and the structures of letters. How philosophy from the time of uh, Plato and Aristotle eventually trickled into the space where we see um, rhetoric for the early church. We wouldn't have as clear an example as we do without Paul. We also see an example of the social dynamics of the church, the uh, battles of ideology between the extremes of like James uh, and Paul and Peter as more of a moderate. We wouldn't be able to see those without having Paul as a guidepost for those conversations. Um, and also the world of Paul is the world the Gospels were written into. Uh, the people that assembled these Gospels and codified these stories would not, uh, we would not know their thought process without uh, Paul first. How am I doing on time? Two minutes. Cool. Also, to wholesale suggest that we should erase Paul or suggest that Paul is wholesale a piece of shit would get would allow us not to necessarily see the places and the communities that have taken Pauline literature and used it as outlets and conversation pieces for their liberation. Um, while it is helpful to acknowledge that there that Paul has most certainly been used in problematic ways. It is also helpful to say that Paul has been used as a source of liberation for many as well. Uh, so to erase that by wholesale painting Paul as problematic um, limits our capacity to have good conversations about what Paul's uh, literature has done for many. Um, also, if it weren't for the influence of authors like Augustine, we would not have some of the um, more toxic opinions of Paul that we seem to hold today. One minute. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, so in closing, I would say that, uh, Paul is an invaluable outlet for us to understand the history of the church. He is the most, um, educationally diverse figure in early church history. The first theologian of church history, uh, without whom we would not have a clear picture of the early theology of the church, the way that we do today, and who has been an outlet uh, for um, a liberation theology for many communities, despite the errors that we find of him as a historical figure. He's worth our criticisms. Let's criticize him correctly instead of making up conspiracy theories uh, as a way to um, Ten exacerbate our feelings about him. The end. The end. Well done. Excellente. I enjoyed that very much. All right. Thank you. Someone bring this man, Jesus, out here. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm awake. <laughs> Are you ready? No, I'm not. As I said, okay. I'm going to be making this up as I go. So let's see what comes out of my mouth. I love to see it. Um, I am literally only on screen to be the time reminder. That's okay. Um, so pay attention to Jesus only, you know, and that's all. All right. Are we good to go? Um, yes. So I'm going to try my best not to rebuke any of Andrew's points and just talk about my stuff because we're not into the rebuttals yet. Uh, but that's hard to do when he just came out here with such well-spoken eloquency. 
What did you eloquency? It's <laughs> my new favorite word. Is that not a real word? See, this is I what you're know. about to get with me, people. <laughs> I I thought I don't know. I thought eloquence was a word. Eloquency is fun. Um, all right. Okay. I'm gonna do this. Okay. I'm starting. Let me know. Start my timer too. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so first of all, thank you everyone for being here. As I said, I don't have any big speech prepared. I've had a huge weekend of being here and there and all over the place, so ah, bear with me. A lot of you know me from TikTok, and you know that I have my little hashtag, uh, <coughs> Cancel Paul, merch available in my store. And the reason why I like to say that is not just because he has problematic theology. It's not just because... The name of Paul specifically has been used to go against women and gay people and queer people and has even in some instances spurred slavery to remain. Those are all very good reasons, but they could, of course, be rebutted by the fact that, you know, a lot of the Pauline texts that we use were not Paul and that they may have been fake and or written under his name by somebody close to him. Those are all great reasons. But one of the biggest reasons I say Paul is so problematic is because he is the example set forth of evangelicalism. He is what I would call the first evangelical and the entire reason why the Christian church exists as it does today. The same Christian church that has martyred people, the same Christian church that has totally committed genocide on different groups of people. Without Paul and without his words and without the way, whether he wanted it or not, he's becoming part of scripture, we would have saved so much suffering throughout the world. Then we have to look at the different facts that Paul is against sex. He's the one who spurred purity culture, not him. No, probably him, because he was very proud of his celibacy and he wanted everyone to be celibate. There's many different reasons why that has destroyed generations of people, as we, I'm sure, who have been in church know what purity culture can do. Outside of that, he is just insufferable as a person. And like on the lighthearted side of it, I just don't like insufferable people. I mean, in the acts of Thecla, right? He would go out and he would preach for three days on end. Like, we don't need that. Um, Paul plays all sides and I don't trust him for that. He plays the Jewish side and then he'll turn around and tell something very opposite to the Gentiles. He grew up as a Jewish scholar and knows exactly what the Hebrew scriptures would say. But then he'll say he has revelation and therefore his trumps uh, the Hebrew scriptures because it came from Jesus himself. The man never met Jesus, and yet the man claims to know everything Jesus would want you to know. So keeping that in mind, the fact that he not only contradicts the Hebrew scriptures, he directly contradicts Jesus in many places. That could be found within his actual books, the ones he wrote, as well as the fake Paul books. Um, and Christianity really, really, I think, needs to kind of admit his wrongdoing. And I think that's a, a huge problem. And sure, that's not Paul's fault all the time. But the fact that they admit Paul was in existence and yet they can't claim like we're going to ignore these things is just as problematic. Um, what I want to get into also is the fact that Paul was probably, probably asexual, probably gay, and yet he still hated his own community. And I just have no space in my heart for that. Um, there are some beautiful texts that Paul wrote and that he can use for liberation and some that are inspiring, like 
he has a great definition of love. And I feel that people will lean on the beautiful text and the beautiful prose from a very well-educated scholar as a good reason why we should keep him around. But very much can be said about the different works that were taken out and not canonized in the Bible, specifically because it contradicted Paul. And because people these, you know, er, you know, what, what's his name? Okay. <laughs> Augustine and um, the other one with the T that I can't think of. It's eluding me. The early church fathers really thought like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. Oh, yeah, this is with doctrine. Oh, yeah, this. But they had to throw out those books because it can did not match one thing Paul said. Uh, I think that's problematic. There's a lot of beautiful different works out there in the Apocrypha that Paul contradicted. So in summary, Paul hates sex, women, men. He may or may not hate those things because he's just been used and abused. His words literally inspired thousands of years of pain, suffering, and death. And I don't think that we should keep what's good and then allow the bad to remain because Paul was a serial killer who killed thousands of Christians and bragged about it before he was even a Christian himself. And if we're going to cancel somebody for saying uh, the N-word, I think we should probably cancel a serial killer who's destroyed lives. Cancel And scene. Well done, beloved. Woo, I tried. <laughs> Wait, it's only me. Uh, all right, Oz. Thoughts? Korea? Oz? Hit me up. You, you, you guys go first, by all means. Um, yeah, I'm... I really, I think they both started out really strong. Um, I really like like the direction that both of them are taking it. And I'm also, I've been watching the chat to see, and you know, I was kind of worried that everybody was going to be on the cancel Paul train, and that nobody was going to be. No, we Andrew's have people corner, that love Paul. We have like, yeah. like paid attention. And it's like we've got a good amount of cancel Paul, but I'm seeing some Team Daddy Pauls in here. So, to um, be fair, I, I don't want to give my. Um, two cents because I'm moderating, but I certainly am not taking one side to the other in like a very sort of distinctive way. Uh, I think both people have really good points and I am interested to see how the rest of this goes. Oz. Well, I'm not moderating, so I do not have to abide. <laughs> Give us your opinion. Get in here. <laughs> the, the, the Paul, um, uh, the Paul apologies to me are are, uh, are very weak, and at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Paul is the um, he's the world's first MLM CEO, and he, he and is insult. he is the originator of uh, really driving home the word faith. Which, if you're familiar with me or or Tang, we have a, a, a sweet, cute little hashtag: faith is bullshit. Uh, and Paul is so the root cute. of that. <laughs> Paul, Paul is the root of that. So you're you're going to have to do a lot of convincing. You're going to have to do a lot of convincing to get me to not think that it's cancel Paul. Yeah. Um, yeah, I get what you, so at the atheist convention, um, Seth Andrews said something that I think was really powerful. And it was that if there's something wrong with the fundamentalists in your religion, it means there's something wrong with the fundamentals. And so it's like a lot of what is has driven the fundamentalists in the religion are the 
the epistles from from Paul or people claiming to be Paul. Um, But I also get where Andrew is coming from and saying like some of that is just due to other people twisting what Paul has said. And so if we're going to critique him to make sure you're doing it through. Yeah, you're doing it well because there's many there's better ways to criticize Paul. Yeah, I so I also think that like I know that we view Paul through a very modern lens, and I don't, uh, I don't want to say that we shouldn't, right? Like slavery is objectively wrong. Like you're not going to ever hear an argument from me on that front. Um, but in certain instances, like with women teaching in church and doing whatever, um as weird as it sounds, he did have some progressive views for his time. Um, now, does that mean we would view those as progressive today? No, absolutely not. No, um, like, but Abraham Lincoln was racist. He may have like, like a, freed... sorry. Yeah, I no, 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 it's fine. It's like, I wouldn't say we should justify that. Understand this sort of um, context in which he was speaking, right? I don't know. Um, I'm interested to see how this goes. I was about to say so, that's, that's a whole different debate because I, I would, I, I would, uh, and we don't have time, but I would disagree with that. I, I would completely disagree with that. Uh, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm not saying I'm 100% right. Not saying anything like that. I just think, uh, yeah, there are some points we could talk about. I am not a, trust me, I am not a fan of Paul. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> Um, I just try very hard to recognize this sort of like historical, social, political, economic sort of situation in which people were talking. It doesn't make it right, but it does provide some kind of like nuance to it. Um, that all being said, this is not my debate. I'm the moderator, bitch. Uh, so, <laughs> sorry, I've said too much. You know what I mean? We next have the five minutes of the rebuttals. Yes, this is what I'm going to do. I will run the timer. I'm going to get another drink. Um, I think Andrew is up first for the rebuttal. Just leave me on screen so that I can do the timer. Sure. Andrew, let go. All right. How you Five doing? minutes. How you doing? I'm great. Yeah, doing well. Five minute rebuttal. Cool. Okay. Ready? Three, two, one, go. All right, uh, Jagazes, thank you for uh, being here and beautiful. Um, you didn't have to be one of those, but I appreciated that you were here. Uh, that, that wasn't a good joke. I'll move on quickly. Um, an example of evangelicals, uh, Paul being the first evangelical, I noticed you didn't define your terms. So de- debate, Fopa. Nah, I, I, I think it is... Um, Interesting to suggest that he would fall into an evangelical lens. I would love to hear more about what you think would define an evangelical in all seriousness. I think it'd be very difficult to take this um, this Israelite, this Jewish man from the first century and place him as an evangelical. I would be interested to hear how you thread that needle. Um, so I look forward to that. I don't have a rebuttal of the time. I would love to hear your definitions. Uh, without Paul, uh, we wouldn't have the genocides we have. I think we're giving... Um, the nations of the world a little too much credit. It's not like Paul was an inventor of genocide. Um, I do think that Paul was used for genocide, but I also think that Paul uh, was used because he was available to be used. It's not like uh, the other ideologies of other people groups have not been used throughout history 
to uh, suggest terrible things. I mean, we wouldn't have one of the earliest examples of racial profiling for the sake of slavery if it weren't for Aristotle, of all places. Um, so I don't think we would throw Aristotle under the bus as being this like holistic starter of slavery, but we do find some of what the earliest examples from him when it comes to uh, color-based profiling of the Western Mediterranean slave trade. Uh, the sex as celibacy, uh, he was a celibate, and that's a problem. I, I wouldn't suggest it's problematic that he suggests this. I would like to suggest that that is an alternate, alternate lens and a pushback against uh, what we see as the practice of the Abrahamic covenant. Um, we see that the people of God are chosen through the bloodline of the Jewish people, usually through matrilineal, sometimes patrilineal, but usually matrilineal um, uh, descendants. For some reason, the word slipped my mind. Paul, as suggesting that sex is no longer even necessary, is actually a radical pushback against the idea that uh, being chosen for, for God and of God and by God is blood-related. He suggests that it's for all people, which is actually a rather progressive move and a pushback against the theology of his origin. Um, Paul's insufferable. Agreed. No pushback. Moving on. Uh, he plays all sides. I agree. He does play all sides, but I think that's actually one of the benefits of Paul as opposed to a detriment. When we see Paul playing all sides, like in the book of Romans, we see one of the most advanced examples of early Christian preaching rhetoric, where he uh, looks towards one audience being the Jewish audience, uh, or historically Jewish audience, Torah observant audience, and speaks to them. And then he will use like almost a Shakespearean method, a theatrical method. Um, you know, the uh, Roman world was uh, four to six percent literate at the time. So most of these letters would actually have been performed from stage like theater. And so some of his rhetoric you'd see almost like him speaking to the air, like a soliloquy, like we find in Shakespearean uh, rhetoric as an example. I'm sure there's other examples we could use, but that's the first one that comes to mind. And then he would turn to the Gentile audience. I would suggest that playing all sides is actually one of the proofs of Paul's incredible education, which is why he should be kept, uh, because we see some advanced preaching rhetoric from him. He never met Jesus. Yeah, he didn't. Um, that's a whole thing. I have no pushback there. He contradicts the Old Testament and Jesus. I think that's good. Um, to see pushbacks is um, not an uncommon thing. It does not in any way diminish Paul, in my opinion. It is our idea that some things are not worth criticizing, which is ironic considering we're in a debate. We will learn through the criticizing of other ideas and the pushing back of other ideas. Um, what we now call the codified Old Testament would not uh, exist if it weren't for them pushing back and contradicting each other intentionally. It was when evangelicals and inerrantists decided that the pushback is a problem that we reached to that point. Um, Christianity must admit it's wrongdoing. I completely agree. Um, Paul is asexual. Prove it. Um, he should not be canonized. Uh, agreed. And serial killer. Uh, we only have one example of him legitimately killing someone in uh, the Bible, and that's by his own claims and not by anyone else's. So I think suggesting that he killed thousands is a bit of a stretch. You have 30 seconds. Um, and I think that you're really pretty and you should be nice to me in the rebuttal. Nice. Oh, um, wait, that's you, Jagaze. That's not me. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> I, I, I think you're pretty too. So Thank you so much. I have no sway in this argument. Um, all right. That's a shame. <laughs> Okie dokie. Well done. We will reset. Thank you so much for coming to my TED Talk. Jacasis, are you ready for your rebuttal? Uh, yes, I have notes, and I thought we were doing 10-minute rebuttals, so... Uh, oh, sorry. No, it's fine. Speak very it's quickly. Okay. It'll just be a shorter show. 
<laughs> um, again, pretty. bear with me. I don't debate, but I do have the infamous Jagazus post-its. The post-its. So, All right. Y'all need- <laughs> <laughs> That is merch. That is so cute. Whoever did that, that's so oh cute. Was that yep, a crayon yeah. thing? Thank you. I don't know. It's not me. Um, okay. Um, I guess I'm ready whenever. We'll just, I'm, I'm, it's chicken scratch. So this is going to be really interesting. Two. One. You better work, bitch. Okay. So I don't even know where to start with this. Andrew, I love you. But like, Paul, not the man. Um, so in your opening, and this is going to be a lot from your opening, you say that he's worthy of criticism and we should be judging him correctly. So I think right there is part of enough set. Like you admit that he was problematic which is already a step ahead of the evangelicals and saying that like, yes, he had issues, but in a religion, in a religion specifically that doesn't uh, always admit that not everything in there is from God itself. Maybe they should have taken out those problematic parts. Maybe they should have edited them out if they wanted this to be as pure and as open as they can be, or there needs to be discourse written about why they're problematic. And we don't see that because Paul says that, you know, scripture is breathed and therefore they, evangelicals, took that to mean uh, it's from God directly. When you wanted a definition of what I consider an evangelical and why I would consider Paul to be one of the first evangelicals, that's mainly just because he was out there spreading the gospel. I don't mean it as in he was, you know, Pat Robinson or anything standing out doing that whole thing. But I do mean that he was out there spreading it. Uh, He was evangelizing. So, you do acknowledge that he was one of the reasons why the church came together. And he's a big reason for the structure of the church. And that was exactly my argument that came very right after yours is that yes, the entire church is structured after Paul. Early Christians were very focused on Paul. The social dynamics you mentioned were because of Paul. So yeah, it's cool that we get to know their thought thought process and we get to see what early Christianity looked like. But again, that just means he had such a heavy hand of influencing this religion in which he's never met a Jesus. He's speaking for somebody he's never even met. And yet the entire church formation is based on that. Um, Deleting Paul altogether would erase liberation theories. Okay, so yeah, maybe. But I would argue against that. Deleting Paul might, uh, I guess, have very specific tied down reasons if somebody said I came to liberation through this word or this text or this scripture. But at the same time, I would argue that it's done more harm and removing Paul and only keeping Jesus's words would have still had people reach liberation. If it was Jesus standing alone, his words are very powerful. Paul just made it so much more messy. Liberation could have happened just with Jesus. Um, Killing thousands, maybe it wasn't thousands, but like you did admit, he's the one who admitted to that, which who does that? Who goes around bragging that they killed anyone, even if they didn't? I don't like that. Um, celibacy isn't problematic. I, do, I agree. Celibacy isn't problematic. But him thinking everyone needs to be celibate, him pushing his idea of sexuality onto everyone is problematic. And when you said asexual, prove that I, I don't actually think he was asexual. Personally, I think Jesus was asexual. I think Paul was a homosexual which is why I say he's gay hater. (laughs) Um, Yeah, playing all sides. You said that's a genius move. I feel like that would be like calling Putin a war genius. Like, no, let's not do that. Playing all sides, I think, is kind of a sign of corruption. And the fact that he will change his story to get a better audience with whoever he's in front of is not a sign of goodness. And um, 
not against criticizing, but I do speak. Oh, yeah, I'm not against seconds. criticizing either. But what? Uh, what? 90 Sorry. seconds. 90 seconds. Okay. Yeah. I just also wanted to point out something that might be confusing for a lot of people is I'm also not against criticizing, but a lot of what I speak of in terms is coming from evangelical perspective and a perspective of inerrancy. So um, while I do get criticism is great in that we can now have these dialogues because Paul was pushing it back against maybe the Hebrew church and then he was pushing it back against some early Christian leaders, which is great. It's great to have discourse, but I'm coming from an evangelical standpoint where there is only inerrancy. So sometimes that gets a little muddled because obviously none of us believe that, but my arguments are skewed from that perspective as if we all did. Uh, so I just wanted to clear that up for the rest of tonight as well. I don't know if I had any other... Uh, and you said people like Augustine make him look bad, which like, yeah, because Augustine's the worst. So <laughs> take that with what you will. And Aristotle should be canceled too. Yeah, I'm not saying that we, we should hold these people responsible. If you say Aristotle is one of the reasons why we have slavery, let's... Let's talk about why Aristotle should be out. Um, yeah, and with that, I guess I succeed the rest of my time. And you're more beautiful than me. So that's why you're married and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm the most beautiful thing. My heart! Which my TED Talk. Um, all right. So with that all being said, oh, that was my face very large. Oz, Korea, give me your thoughts. I'm simply drinking, to be honest. <laughs> It seems Quick to be break. the only thing I do on camera. Please continue. Cheers. Uh, mm. I, I wish we had your little like board for the like drinks thing. I need Oz, Oz to wrap the intro for my show. I need it. Oh, we well, we can make that happen. I love doing that shit. Anyway, go oh. ahead. <laughs> uh, talk to me after because I'm dead ass serious. Okay. <laughs> but give me your all thoughts. Go ahead, Craig Ray. Um, well, I was asking, can I not go first? But, um, oh, <laughs> sorry. Oh, I, I didn't hear that. So if you don't go first, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. just. <laughs> I simply have out. no thoughts. There's, uh, there's two things that stuck out. Uh, if anything else comes up, I'll, I'll mention it. But, uh, <clears throat> one, uh, the Paul, uh, uh, essentially, but Paul speaking to all people, all angles, all like in being all directional. Uh, that sounds like a politician. Yeah, that, that sounds like somebody just pushing an agenda, um, and isn't really worried about the the people or the, the the humans involved as much as he is worried about his own message, his own rhetoric, um, and trying to convince convince people of that. Um, and as far as the sexuality thing, uh, I. Uh, and I, th I think Jagace may be the first person that, that that I've heard say this that I, I agree 100. I I believe when Paul said he had a thorn in his side, I I believe that that was the the thorn. He was a dick. And and he uh, he couldn't <laughs> talk about it right because it was anti everything he stood for, uh, and that's why he wouldn't mention it publicly. He wouldn't, he wouldn't even come out and say what the thorn in his side uh, was. So you know, some people say it was masturbation. No, no, it wasn't. Dog, are you familiar with the Roman Empire? Like, <laughs> like I'm sorry, but dudes were out there fucking the shit out of other dudes and like writing graffiti about it with like no cares in the world. There's like entire poetry about this because it wasn't viewed in the same way that it is today. But for Paul, it still would have been unacceptable. Yeah, and and I I will close with saying again. 
he, he is the one that introduced the word faith into this religion and this belief system, uh, which has just fucked up a lot of people, millions and millions and millions of people. Oof. I'm done. Oh, all right. <laughs> Sorry. I feel like I stole your speech because I was like, look at all this fucked up Roman graffiti. Uh <laughs> Someone put a comment. I'm looking for it now so I could bring it up because I... I think it's an interesting point. Where can I find it? It was comparing Paul to a gun. <laughs> uh, it was Aaron somewhere. Yeah. So basically, so Paul is like guns. The more available they are, the more people die. <laughs> um, which, of course, is, you know, obviously making the like anti-Paul stance very clear. But I also understand what... Because, like, so I went to a very progressive church. I didn't go to, like, a fundamentalist church where, like, Not women were allowed to, like, speak. Like, we had women who had leadership positions on a regular basis. And, like, even with, like, Ephesians, the um, Ephesians 5 that is used to, like, oppress so many women, what was taught in my church is that if the man is supposed to die for her, if he's supposed to be Christ, then he should be willing to submit first. He should be willing, like if it comes down to it, that if he should actually be the one to to relieve the his wife's uh, stress and tension and, you know, like try to make things uh, like, because if you're going to love her, you have to love her um, in the best way that you can and you have to yeah. die to self. And so I'm literally just saying that all men should die for me. Immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that is most certainly not a um you know like that that's is not, not biblical normal. that's not. not like that is not the <laughs> message that is typically taught in church about that passage so it really can be like how you use that message but that's the fact the that Bible. so much of what paul taught has harmed so many people is also incredibly problematic because and so it would be interesting even to just do like some ground research to see like among christians and non-christians if paul's has been more helpful to them or not helpful. why would, would anyone that's know. not a christian care about paul Exactly. Sorry. I think that most skeptics or people who have like completely left the faith, like, can kind of. I do think he says. So okay, we can take this however we want, but I do think it's interesting to think about the fact that Paul had likely no conception whatsoever that the shit he was writing was going to be read thousands of years later trying to apply it to like a 2022 audience like he was writing a letter to like his friend now is that to say i agree with him or what he said was right absolutely not but i think that if we assume that paul was writing in such a way that he thought this was going to be the be-all and end-all of the church for the next 50,000 years like that's not accurate he thought jesus was coming back tomorrow yeah, well, yeah. And, and that's what uh, in, in the chat Jagazis, uh, you know, um, was talking about, uh, you know, Paul's eschatology, and, and yes. that's that's a whole nother conversation. But but it is, you know, to the point where you know anybody that's a quote unquote cradle atheist, they don't they don't give a fuck about Apostle Paul. They don't give a fuck. They don't, give, they don't even know who the motherfucker is, right? But it's people that are currently 
believers, uh, but especially if you're a former um, evangelical charismatic, you know who the fuck Paul is, and you oh, know what the amen, fuck brother. Paul had <laughs> on this shit. And and he, you know, he can be attributed uh, as being the the first one to introduce this e- e- uh, eternal punishment and torment and and, and damnation, and, and that. So you take that and couple it with faith. Fuck off, bro. Yeah. Fuck but off. you know what's also funny is that Paul was like the first embarrassment to the faith. Where like he went out and tried to preach the word and like ended up in his mother's basement because he just like failed so fucking hard. <laughs> oh, so sorry. He, he was like Darth. He ended up in his mom's basement because he was an embarrassment. <laughs> Darth Dawkins. Yeah. What up, bitch? Um, <laughs> but he really did. He like came back and was like hanging out at his mom's place because everybody rejected him, which like. I won't say it's endearing, but I do love that he was kind of checked <laughs> before his ministry. Yeah. But I will let um, perhaps Andrew speak to that if you would like. All right. Yes. So I think everyone is back. So we're going to open the floor for a 20-minute dialogue. Um, I don't think that at this point I get to dictate who starts. But if anyone has an opening point, I will start the timer. Give me a moment. In three, two, one. Get it, besties. Actually, question. Wait, so why are we timing this one if we're doing open dialogue? It's 20-minute open dialogue between oh, the two just of you. And then the there's time. questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's questions after. Got you. Okay. Who wants to start? Hi. Um, I'm just here for the homoerotic love- tension. I'd love to talk about Paul's rhetoric and like playing both sides. I think that'd be so neat. Okay. So, okay. So it, I, I do agree with Oz's point that it's like a politician because yeah, a a lot of the rhetoric that Paul uses is very much the same rhetorical pattern that we find all the way back to the sophists Mm -hmm. um, and what we find mirrors of today as well. So it sounds familiar. Most certainly is. Um, I, I, so you're right. I I know that today we associate that word almost exclusively with like dishonesty and nefarious intent, and I totally get that. Justified, warranted. Um, whenever we see Paul playing to both sides, it is in a letter where there is already an established mixed audience, where there is uh, two communities that, by the end of the letter, we see being brought together in some kind of way through speaking to how he understands both of them thinking like the Roman letter is without a doubt, one of the most advanced uh, rhetorical letters in the new Testament. Mm-hmm. And we see him speaking to uh, the, the non Torah observant Christians and the Torah observant Christians and addressing both of them. And by the end, making a cohesive point to bring them together. I, I think it's, much to suggest that that is nefarious or intellectually dishonest or even emotionally dishonest and more a way to speak to the different perspectives of the people that he is addressing. Okay, so le- oh, go ahead. Sorry, moderator <laughs> injecting my bitch ass self. Um, and this is an honest question. What do you think Paul's um, objectives were? Objective. That was going to be part of mine, actually, if I can just roll off of it. Yeah, please do. Yeah, sorry. Question. So my first question would be, why was that necessary? Why is Paul mm-hmm. needing it to uh, change up the books and change up the rules of how he's going to play this to make sure that everyone was on 
this new same side, I would arguably say this is a new same side because Agreed. there was not these rules Agreed. or laws. Um, like, you know, and whose not, theology is this? Whose theology? Yeah. Prior to the Jerusalem a... Council, right? Right. One sec. Okay, so I'm gonna be quiet. who gave him this power and who gave him this responsibility to um, bring both sides together, if you will? Like, yes, it's a beautiful thing. However, it mm-hmm. is creating an entire new religion yep. on well, the back of we should yeah. all be allowed to do this thing. Mm-hmm. And the only person who, in my opinion, was the one who, to decide that Paul should do that was Paul. Because I think we have a narcissistic, narcissistic ego to deal with here. Mm-hmm. And for him to have so much power and so much responsibility is very unspider-mind like. So the honest answer is who gave Paul that authority, and that would be the Church of Antioch. Um, one of the one of the interesting things that we find is that we have this council. On the council is Barnabas, one of the greatest church benefactors that we have mentioned in the book of Acts. Uh, Peter. Uh, who is, you know, in many cases considered the first pope by uh, Catholics and, and the Orthodox Church, uh, as well as, um, you know, venerated as a um, apostle by many. He, so he is placed as the authority figure of the church uh, by many respects, theologically speaking. And so a council of these five individuals together um, vote and suggest that Paul and Barnabas should go on um, on mission together. Not to interrupt you, but do we not see a problem? Not to interrupt me, but you interrupted me. That's what that was. It was an interruption. But do we not see a problem with a group of five men getting together and having There's always a problem with a group of five men. There's always a problem with a group of five men, unless it's a bathhouse. Um, Do we see a problem with a group of five men getting together and voting on what the direction of the rest of the world should be? Is that I not problematic? Consider a problem with five men getting together to vote on what the rest of the world should be. However, they were not voting on what five men. Sh- these five men were not voting what the rest of the world should be. These five men were representing a smaller version of a council, uh, a larger council that were appointed by that larger council to be a sm- to be this executive committee. For the purpose of church plants. And we they never see that go wrong with senators like Mansion and Cinema. They were deciding, they were deciding the um who would be sent out to plant these churches. And instead of going in the direction that James's theology was suggesting, this council, which James was not even elected to be a part of, which I think is really interesting, um, is placed, um, places Paul and Barnabas uh, with Mark and Toe to Follow-up question. You did mention Peter was considered the first pope, and uh, I also have some problems with Peter, but just because I think it's kind of funnier. But I think this is Big pope an interesting energy. topic that I didn't touch on. You didn't either. Why is it that so much of modern Christianity and the way that the Bible is formatted, why is it so heavily emphasized on Paul when Peter was the one who's out and directed by Jesus directly to build the church? Because Peter ain't right out- shit. <laughs> He did. Are you expecting he got me to crucified he did. He allegedly him. upside we down. Have, Sorry, but like the apocalypse of, of Peter, sure we have <laughs> we have a couple of works even that survive throughout the years in the apocrypha that are supposedly penned by Peter. But why was there not more emphasis on Peter's direction, and why did they just kowtow to Paul? First of all, did you hear the shady thing I just said? I totally said a shady debate thing. I said, oh, do you expect me to educate you in this debate or do you expect me to Oh, me okay. Well, yes, I expect you to educate me in all things, actually, because you have the education. <laughs> <And I don't. laughs> 
<laughs> look at all those books behind him and look at my empty bookshelf. I no, just no, bought it so, two days so, ago, but that is really just ironic of like no, representation. No, this, is <laughs> this is this is fun. So um the, the, the media answer off the top of my head is um, we find Peter emulating Jesus. What Jesus did is he did not go out, but rather he gathered and sent out. And like so Jesus we find should. Peter emulating the same mission strategy that we find from Jesus. Ding ding ding. Now, that that and Paul wanted to go out and evangelize and push it in people's face. Uh-huh. Bro, yep. Peter's bitch ass was extra as fuck. Now when we get crucified upside down according to the legend. Well, that's the yeah, way you do it. Yeah, it sounds exhausting. It's just it's a headache, to be honest. I thought no one really okay, got. I'm gonna shut the fuck up. up. Sorry, up, okay. I've injected myself into this debate. It's too. No, much. what has happened is we've officially entered into the edited out space of our of our podcasts. I just That's love y'all so happened. much. Okay. Oh, so so I, this is why you guys need me. That's what <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm the worst. No, no, no. You're, you're no, but best. I did love what you just said, and Christy brought it back up in the chat. Um, so what you're saying is Peter wanted to be like Jesus and do the Jesus things because he knew Jesus, and Jesus yeah, was like, hey, let's quite. do this. And Paul was like, no, let's bring the Gentiles into it. Let me go over here and start spreading churches up in Corinthians. Paul wanted to do all the let me get fame, let me get power, and let me get people's ear, while Peter was like, religion should let live in your heart. Let upside down. Sounds like a good time. Um, Which is my argument I mean, against no, Paul. That's not what Paul did. Um, yeah. So we don't really find any textual evidence to suggest that Paul got fame or wealth from his journeys. I still I hear about him. That's pretty famous. famous. I didn't hear what you said. Like, what? What? I said I wealth? still hear about him. That's pretty famous. I mean, that doesn't mean that that's good. I mean, you, you just hear about him. like So... Um, what we find is that this council at Antioch voted on who should go. And there was a casting of lots and a decision was made. It was like a mystical procedure. It was actually pretty interesting. And when this happened, um, the ones who were decided to go would be, was, was Paul and Barnabas. Um, and they were these church planters. Paul was the original incel. Okay, let's and Barnabas was the original Jesus. I don't even know where we are anymore. I, I, Andrew, I, I, am I, I wrong? Had, like, that Paul sentences. lived in his mom's basement I after his failed ministry. That was so. Yeah, so like Paul failed at least twice in ministry before um, Barnabas went to go find him in Antioch. He By all like, respects, most likely at his mom's get the house. Fuck out of your mom's, mom's basement, basement and let's like do some bullshit together. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Barnabas and, and I realize that there's like this suggestion that like. Peter never even met Paul. He only met the psalm for like a couple days. That's not true. Um, in fact, there's this really fun beef between Peter and Paul. And by all respects, he got a significant amount of training at Antioch under this collection of theological voices, one of them being Peter. Now, what is interesting, and this doesn't help the debate. I don't even think we're doing that anymore. Frankly, no, let's get back <laughs> to the debate. I still have more. They veered off. So is, is like, so we never find Peter and Paul agreeing like ever um it's never a thing like peter never goes and 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 because of this i'm sorry paul now there is this whole like vision like the meat tornado thing which sounds like a bad porn and there's this that 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 is most likely like a mystical writing of like peter's submission to to paul being correct that that's that there's an argument to be made there um but in the last thing we find written in the new testament uh, first and second Peter, right? 
is like we find mention that um, what Peter has to say about Paul is that he's a poor writer. And I think that's hilarious. That's the last thing the we grammar hear. sucks, bitch. Well, I, I mean, it's, it's a good diss. Catch me but, outside. But again, we just circled back to the whole thing that Paul and Peter were on opposite sides. And it's so strange that the entire church would be hung up on following this one person who had never met Jesus. If you find yourself on the opposite side of an actual disciple who knew Jesus, it means you're probably wrong about what Paul Jesus was Paul was a Roman teaching. plant. That's, I, that's my conspiracy theory. It is. It is bullshit. It's also my conspiracy can, So can, can I just like riff for a second? Yes. Like, I've gone off the rails entirely. So Paul has enough problematic shit that we don't have to make stuff up. We don't have to make up. Bull- like, <laughs> the, the one thing that I absolutely hate, and I do hate this, like, 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 like I have an emotional response to it. Is like if we're gonna be committed to truth, let's not stop when we hear a conspiracy theory that backs up our points. Like just like, ooh, if I just believe this instead, like like <laughs> Paul is a Roman plant is three steps away from birds are spies made by the government for me. Like, birds like, don't exist. You know what? I don't know. Relax. <laughs> I think if we no, really get into it, I do think Constantine invented Christianity and maybe Paul wasn't Dude, even real. I don't know. So. But yeah, of course, Andrew. Well, I love you so much. I mean, I mean I just what have, would you like, consider? My, like, <laughs> like, so I actually agree with Andrew on this point because even when it comes to like Paul's sexuality, like I think he was more likely gay than not gay. But since we don't have it confirmed, I don't feel comfortable just like stating it as a fact because we don't have. I would say largely Paul was confused about his sexuality and whatever it was, he just decided it was not. Uh, well, can I can I like address something that I think is like yes, Get so it, my bearded friend. So <laughs> Paul's sexual ethic is one of the most interesting things about him, and I'm not saying good, I'm not saying bad, I'm saying interesting. Okay, yeah. To suggest that not getting married is a possibility, that that's a re- like in a world of dowries. In right, a but world in that time I don't and place, think... not getting married was like. Radical. He didn't say like yeah. the possibility is not getting married though. He said you shouldn't like no, that's no, no, my no. issue no, again. No, is he no, comes no. out with hard like don't do this because no, no. I don't want to. This is Greek and rhetoric. Jesus you need to read back. it like he's a messy bitch. It's Greek rhetoric. <laughs> you have to read it like he's a messy bitch. You can read it with with sex, okay? So it's like this like, has gone off the if rails. If I had my way about oh. it. If I, I had my way about it, comment, we would all like be celibate. But if you can't yeah. control oh your sexual desires, then you might as well get married. Like, that is a fantastic rhetoric oh, right there. Jesus, your eyeballs. Like, like the thought. What and I think this is super fucking cool. This is super Joshua. fucking cool. Like, well, I, I'm going to say it's cool until someone like listens to it. We got Kent Hogan in the chat. Yo. Oh my gosh, what in the world is happening? The problem Ooh. is that none of these atheists yeah, can ground. Wait, wait, wait! I feel like I know this man. Of the well, digital. Well, Kent Hovind is not you. That's the that's the gorilla, right? <laughs> digital. Uh, digital Harambe. Harambe. What is this binary Ponzi <laughs> thing going on here? Um, so he's pretending. Harambe is one of the days of Kwanzaa. That's one of his sticks. Um, I want to address Joshua. the elephant in the room, which is that half of the epistles were written by Paul. 
Yes. Yeah. And I, I've gently breezed over that. Like, so like Second Timothy, where it says that women, um, you know, like can't speak in church and where the, it says that women are only. Well, not just that. Things. They can only redeem themselves through childbirth. Through childbirth. Could be me, like, to be honest. Like actually break that. <laughs> but here's the thing. It doesn't always come out of the disputed epistles. There are a few just misogynist epistles in the real ones still. I mean, sorry, verses. Um, he's not like totally out there, even though, yeah, he had Phoebe and maybe there was Thecla and there was these other people that he was championing. It doesn't mean that was always true. Was my mic that low the whole time? I'm sorry, you guys. No, 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 um, no, you were good. Yeah. Th- he was still you misogynist because on. it was 2000 years ago and like misogyny is going to be a thing. And that's well, also, not like, saying it not should be excused. That, but... that women pre-1970 United States had bank accounts. Like it's not like misogyny stop that paul like no of course i'm not saying that he's the reason i'm not saying he invented it i'm just saying uh a lot of people in paul apologetics forget that yeah just because you can throw out apologetics uh paul just just because you can throw out six (laughs) of these books that have crap in them doesn't take away from the fact that like romans (laughs) was his and romans is used against the gay community to this day there's still you can't just throw out the non-Paul verses. There's still problematic Paul things is what I was getting. Yeah. At. So I think if we would have kept in like a legitimate debate space, the strongest space that you would have had here is Paul um, as a chauvinist. That that would have been the strongest one in my opinion, because like you don't really find a redeeming rhetoric for women from Paul, aside from just a pushback against patriarchy some that's all you really get um it's now now granted i do think that's meaningful like in his time in his space not thinking that he was going to be writing for a long period of time or preserved for a long period of time necessarily he pushes back against the patriarchal structures i think that's interesting and worth noting but not enough for us to like do what evangelicals do where they like preserve the writing and Mm -hmm. in a cryogenic state and go from where we sit, we need to go back to that. That's fucked up. Like that's that that's like like there is nothing. And here's what I think is really interesting about Paul as well. There is nothing about Paul's writings that would suggest he wanted us to be people that backtrack to an older way of being. He was always looking at a new way. And I I I, I don't I, find that redeeming about him at all. I'm not suggesting it's redeeming. I said. <laughs> I said interesting. interesting. Okay. Did, you, did you hear all like the condemning stuff I said? I meant those yes. things too. Yes. No, and I understand that you mean them. I just uh, think awesome. that you're more on the side of canceling Paul than you you say you are. You're. I feel like you're on a Paul was the worst, but we should learn from him. Train. But, and I think that to be honest, a dangerous no, way. I'm moderating. People, uh, I can't give my opinion. Because well, people hang every word. No, no, no. Correa, the courageous and the heathen queen. Yes. Look, we're, yeah, we're, you, we're actually in like hold a on. good debate space. So, like, so, sorry, sorry. Where is Oz? Is he coming back? No. He is. He is. I'm just saying whatever I think at this point. Oh, no. Wait. Um, I, I, I would say. <laughs> Oz is summoning Josh. How dare you? Jesus? Uh, yes. So, like, Josh is asleep. I think one of the things that is like doesn't make me great for these debates is I don't exactly have like a hard line, except like I think that it's a incredibly advanced rhetoric, and I think that's a good thing. That's that's about it for you me. You like the writing style, okay? 
I think it's a fascinating like historical writing stuff. I'd like to ask Andrew a question that I think would help. Yeah, the what's up? So your whole thing, because the whole reason I called your team Daddy Paul is because when <laughs> we initially talked about this, you said that you thought or that you think uh, that Paul is the father of inclusion. I do. So yeah. so can you talk, because I, I feel like what Jagazis' point, um, and if I'm... I say playing all sides. Andrew says that's including everyone. Yeah, so that like yours is that his (laughs) his work is like divisive, that it oppresses people and is you know excluding people and trying to control them. While it sounds like Andrew, your point is so. Can you tell talk a little bit more about why you think that is and what your argument is for that? This isn't one that I can make well if I get interrupted at all because this is like very. Okay, so this is something that white people are not going to get. For the, I'm just going to lead with that. Like what about me, no. no. Okay. So, well, maybe I, I. I've had a little bit of wine. Let me, here's here's what I mean. Um, when we find Paul speaking, he is speaking as a Jewish man in a Roman world to a primarily Jewish church. Now, this is this is a weird thing for us to wrap our heads around because the vast majority majority of us have never been in a, in a majority Jewish space. Yeah. Ever. That's true. For a lot of terrible fucking reasons. Yeah, so, and most so, of us that have identified as Christian or even just have a Christian understanding would be shitting on Jews left and right unknowingly. Right. Yes. So, like, Paul exists in a really strange space that in many ways, most of us have never experienced. And I think that's really important for us to acknowledge. Like he is in a Roman world where for some reason, the Jews have not been fully wiped out yet. And these Jewish people exist as his people that he is addressing in his letters. In a real way, we are watching an ethnic man speak to his ethnic group and we as non-ethnic people are reading it. And like that should a, not be allowed to judge it fully. That's it, 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 fucking weird. Like it's just weird shit because like when Paul is criticizing Judaism, he is criticizing it from the inside and not with a loudspeaker on it. He's not like it, it is a, like some of these letters that have the most evocative language from Paul. He is not like, we don't see him suggesting they be circulated. I thought you were going to say circumcised. <laughs> Both. Don't circumcise. Because he was the one who came out and been like, it's cool if you're not circumcised, you guys, you can still get into heaven, which is like... Same prefix. No, no, no. He uh, went Death Jam comic really on important. it. He said, if you think you need to circumcise yourself, why don't you just castrate yourselves to get the whole thing off? Wouldn't that make you holy? It's in Galatians 5. It's fucking no. I don't think that's him making fun again. I think that's him being really, really dramatically sex adverse. Wait, but... but- I thought Galatians is one of the suspected forgeries. No, that, that's an inclusive one. That's, uh, th- th- so, so suspected forgeries are Three, like Ephesians, Colossians, mm-hmm. and then, um, gosh, brain, kick in. Um, are we on the non-Paul? Corinthians Tim. and the letters thereafter. I no longer uh, know what we're doing. So, Well, so like the reason I would say that Paul is working from an inclusive lens. He is taking this rhetoric of his people, his people that suggests that they are the chosen people of God. And he is extending that beyond his chosen people into other communities 
Yes. That he Sorry. that have been within his community within his like microcosm considered unclean. Rev Raya, I hate that, and I'm saying I see that as missionary work. I see that as him extending himself into different communities, like where, yeah, it's beautiful that he was taking this Jewish ethnicity out of, um, like oppressive spaces and reinserting them back into Roman culture. But the way in which you're doing that is by trampling on what then Roman beliefs and saying, no, look at ours are better problematic i don't like missionaries to do that anywhere i know that that can lead to like some bridges but could also lead to worldwide genocide so i so if i had if i had my wish i meant cultural genocide sorry but i understand if i had my wish about it if there was one argument that i would think could could be put to rest because it doesn't it's popular but i don't think it flies i really don't is this idea that Christianity is responsible for the genocides. I, I'd, I'd put that to rest in a heartbeat. Here's why. Empire does not give a fuck what tools are available to kill people. It has never given a fuck. That's it's not going to give a fuck if Christianity dies tomorrow. It's going to pick up something else. It didn't yes. need Christianity to do it in the first place. Christianity made itself useful, which is fucked up. That's a whole conversation. Christianity on is the conduit. But they could have found some other conduit. Like, there, there were so many like, spaces prior yeah. to Christianity where people were sure. just destroyed. The Roman Empire was already going everywhere before they even heard the name. So. Exactly. So, yeah. like, I, we're friends. I'll say it to y'all. Like, we're friends? We're, oh, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> no, so, like, when I, I hear that. other people, like, making it as, like, the focal primary point, I know we're just kind of, like, talking, but, like, when other people say the primary point is that it was the tool of it, it feels like a bad education in history to me. Yes. Like, like this, Empire will always find a way. Always. always. First always. and foremost, and if anybody's listening and learns anything from this, like, this is my, like, fuck Paul if you believe me on this one. The economic structure of the nation has Absolutely. always been in charge of whatever nation is there. And it will use whatever the fuck it can to get its desires. And most of it is to use you as a commodity. Like, I believe that. Which is great. But I also would say, again, that we can't let that mean that we concede to the fact that it's okay. So by saying, yes, Christianity isn't the only reason that this happens. And it would have happened if someone else did it. Like, that would be the same as me. I don't know. Like, you know, shooting a gun at someone be like, well... (laughs) They were going to die anyway. We should excuse the we, fact we can't, we can't that, like that. Um, Christianity was the available tool. Not at However, all. I do think that we need to hold space for this kind of duality of like there was this Both Christianity that existed and that had been persecuted. And, and I have my feelings about whether or not they were like severely persecuted. There's lots of scholarship around that. Um, but they felt they were persecuted. And so when they were adopted by the empire, I think it's a totally natural human response to then say, um, <clears throat> maybe we can make something of this. Now, do I think that they should have done that? Not necessarily. Again, I'm not a part of this debate, but we're all fucking drunk. And so I'm just like saying my shit at this point. Um, <clears throat> sorry, <laughs> there's no winners here. Uh, except for me, apparently. This is technically only my second glass of wine. I'm. Oh, well, that's nice for you, because I've had many gin and tonics. So maybe I should just stop talking. 
to be honest. <laughs> well, actually, I think we're probably wrapping up the 20 minutes. Yeah, part, sorry. I'm so... going to shut the fuck up. Do do you guys want to move into Q and A? Do we have well, any so, last thoughts or closings? Oh no, closings came after Q and A. I mean, so like, I'm good for whatever is left. Oz. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no. You're Oz, like, I he's technically the guest on the channel, so maybe we should like count on it. Yeah. <laughs> I just fucked it up. <laughs> oh, we're good. Uh, no, great conversation and. This is where I, I always drill down when it, when you start getting to semantics and you get d this far into the weeds. Uh, I then have to pull back and say, if this Yahweh guy, if this Yahweh motherfucker actually knew what the fuck he was doing, this wouldn't even be a conversation right now. We wouldn't even be talking about Paul and what the Paul, what Paul or or Peter, what they did, what the fuck they didn't do, because Yahweh is supposed to be omni everything, right, and have all this shit orchestrated and lined up and perfectly written into history right um but he didn't because he doesn't know shit why because he's not real you know so that that that's the whole thing like these are fun conversations but i, I always the, the 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 skeptical part of my brain always has to pull back like you know what these are all semantics and and, and, and it's all bullshit because it's all fantasy because the uh the the supposed author of this shit isn't even there <laughs> he said what he said it's a whole it's a whole other conversation <laughs> Wait, someone but, said, is the aftercare portion going to be streamed? Just the aftercare portion. I've never <laughs> heard that one. People hanging Let the it. record show that closing statements will now be called aftercare. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, we can no, make those our closing statements. That's great. I love that idea, actually. Okay, so I actually, so with what Oz said, there was a question from the audience that said, Dead people can't give consent. Would Jesus, hashtag Jesus is a myth, have wanted to be used like G Paul used him? Okay. Can I start with that? Yeah. Do I look like sure. Jesus to you? I would fully say that I would not be here on TikTok without, no, I'm joking, uh, without Paul's great work. No. But... <laughs> I don't think he would have. I don't think Jesus was here to spread a message of, hey, I'm Jesus, look at me. Everyone should believe in me to get to heaven. I think the way that he was ministering to people was very much trying to set up a He wanted heaven on earth. He wanted heaven on earth, and he wanted people to be able to take care of them Oops, that sorry. himself. He didn't have this vision that he was going to die, and then his death was going to be salvation. These things got promoted and taken over by paul and i i honestly don't believe that jesus would have been very cool with how that was used i think it was kind of an accident that he got crucified it wasn't in his book and i also don't think that jesus was doing a lot of these miracles but paul kind of trumped him up with some of the other writers of the gospel to make him um a little bit more fantastical and godlike than jesus ever even made himself but also not even paul like the authors of the gospels yeah like yeah and again exactly. this is not me defending a certain side but like the men god sorry this is me being drunk but like the men that wrote the gospels uh one never met jesus two wrote them like decades after jesus died and three had a very specific agenda for writing the gospels <laughs> and also um the way that they wrote I don't even know what you want to call it, biographies, if you want to say that, back then, 
was not in the way that we think of them today. It was very much in the way of like, uh, this is how this person was sort of characteristically. So I'm going to write stories that um, exemplify those traits. May I jump in there? Yes, please. Yes, I want it's... to. I want to hear from you as well. Sorry, it's... yeah. Shut me up. <laughs> it's. I mean, to just be frank, a lot of the arguments that we use to talk about the Bible are arguments that we would not have if it weren't for evangelical success, because we would not like. I'll, I'll use George Carlin as an example. Half of his comedy, I love George Carlin. I have all of his books on my shelf right here, so don't come after me. Um, but did George you... Carlin's half of his comedy existed because of the pervasive nature of an inerrantist worldview. Like his criticisms came from a very specific branch of what he understood to be Catholicism. And that's just how it existed. So like half of the things that we say about these authors that have been dead for a very, very long time have come from people that are completely removed from their ethnic groups, completely removed from their national perspectives, completely removed from their ideas of like magic and mysticism and completely removed from their understanding of what their life should even be about in the first place. And so we're, we're having fights. Most of us half of the time that don't actually have anything to do with what these people, these many of these being um, minority groups that are impressed uh, that are oppressed in their communities we're writing about. And Which is why that, I think Scientology should be the world religion because it's most recent. <laughs> sure. <laughs> if there's one thing I love, it's a religion that started in capitalism. That That's that's fantastic. Eat well, shit, David yeah. Miscavige. You know what I'm saying? Where is Shelley? It's weird that these texts, many of them written by either felt oppression or legitimately oppressed people groups are now owned by the oppressors. Mm -hmm. That is a reality of a lot of these texts. And I don't, I don't think we address that enough that these well, people we, were right. We have an them. empire episode that we go into that entire, that entire argument. Right. So if people want to watch that, they can, they can, they should. And it, and, and so it, it, it I want to, Oz has been trying to say something for a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. Oz. <laughs> In my ADHD brain, we'll, we'll let it go. So I'm sorry. But, uh, uh, and I, I don't want to have to chase that squirrel down. Um, uh, Andrew, what you just said, uh, I think, I, I, I don't think, I, I know that there, there are, um, there are elements or huge elements of, of, of that, that do have to be, uh, acknowledged, addressed, um, you know, and so, so on and so forth. When we, when we step back though, and we look at it from the evangelical perspective and, and, and what, especially what it looks like today and, and, um, Craig Craig brought a great point up earlier that I, I've, uh, had discussions with other people about before is the the fundamentalism right and uh so i was an all-state baseball player and all i ever got hammered into my head was the fundamentals the fundamentals the fundamentals the fundamentals and as long as you keep grasp of the fundamentals you will succeed right as, as soon as you deviate from that is when you fuck up right so if we know if we know what the bible says it says that god yahweh the author of this text this book is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's so, a big lie. So, but but if you're going if you're going to embrace it by fundamentals, if you are a fundamentalist, that means the things that he preached or or he prescribed or that he inspired in that book thousands of years ago, 
he is the same. His nature is the same. His love is the same. His grace right. is the same. Right. 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 It's yeah. the same yesterday, today, and forever. So eliminates for the fundamentalist point of view. I'm not talking about progressives or any, any anybody like that. For the fundamentalist, that my goddamn internet. I'm sorry. My, You're back. <laughs> I thought it was me. I was like my internet. Uh, every once in a while, just does it. But uh, for, for the fundamentalist, that 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 does away with that. That that, that takes the 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 historical, like cultural, societal conversation and it throws it out the window it throws it out the goddamn window because why yahweh the, the god that they serve is the same yesterday today and forever and, right. and that's that's the problem we have when we're talking about fundamentalism i don't i don't disagree like i, I loved what you said earlier if there's something wrong I, i'm sorry correa it might have been you that said it that um at uh, seth andrews was that the one that said it at the um at the if conference, that if there's the something wrong with the fundamentalists in your religion, there's something wrong with the fundamentals of that religion. I agree. Zero disagreement. Zero disagreement. Like, like, and I, what's hard about Christianity is like, if you study historical Christianity, you are not studying a religion. You're studying a milieu of religions that somehow call themselves Christianity. Like so many different religions. And like, in my opinion, and, and as someone who was raised in a, and I've heard some stories of evangelicals, and I'm like, oh shit, I didn't have it that bad. So I'd say I, I was evangelical adjacent. <laughs> like I, I thought I had it bad until I started talking to people. And <laughs> so, holla, holla, relate. So what I would say is, is um, the only way to continue existing in an evangelical Christianity or a fundamentalist Christianity is either a full commitment to intellectual dishonesty or an admittance into atheism. If that's all there is, you have to pick one or the other. It's either like none of this is fucking true at all, or I got to lie to myself my whole life. So I feel better on my deathbed. I I can't, I I could not exist in that world. I had to go into other spaces. So like, I, I think, I hope we get to a point where this, really complicated series of religions and not just one religion, but really a series of religions can be owned by people that are not exclusively tied to oppressors because there's a fascinating mysticism here that I hope we can continue talking about. And I'm not suggesting that we should believe it. I'm suggesting that like, I would even call it a bastardization of Yahweh a bastardization of, of like this Adonai figure of the, of the Bible from the fundamentalist perspective is not worth our consideration, but these other considerations are fascinating. I'm not suggesting we should believe in them. I'm saying fascinating. If I could just ask you so, one, 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 sorry, sorry, just one. No, no, go ahead. Ask the question. And then um, well, we've got frozen, some questions so from the audience. So I want to make sure to get to them. If you need to pee, it's okay. Go ahead. Awesome, awesome, ready. Go for it. A- Andrew, is you, would you consider uh, Christianity like post Paul now, especially in 2022? Uh, would we be, would we be better off uh, calling it Paulinism than Christianity? There was a time where I would say yes. Here's my reluctance. I think most people that say they like Paul actually just really like what their white male pastor had to say about Paul. Mm. Um, I think there's some weird shit Paul does that is that would be considered extremely controversial 
to a lot of these men in three-piece suits. Like he he advocate like now now I want to say very clearly, Paul does not make a progressive enough case for us to follow him the it identically to how it suggests. He doesn't. He doesn't. We shouldn't do that. But like in his time, Paul is making suggestions of an advocation towards a better marriage for women and a more restrictive power of men in the text of in the Ephesian text specifically. And that's really fucking weird. And there's not a single evangelical pastor that would be that preaches that on a Sunday morning. Like, <laughs> like, like, because like, no, I, I know what you mean. I'm, I'm former evangelical. So I, I'm laughing. Yeah, yeah. So like, like when we like, like Paul, like it's really weird because to hear women submit to your husband's, in a world where women are property, no one's going to sit there and clutch their fucking pearls. They're going to be like, like, like that. That's not going to be anybody's takeaway for the sermon. Like, if your property submit to your husband's ain't exactly fucking news. But to hear that there is any kind of limitation on your husband's power over you at all, that would get some elbows on the pews. That's that's a different kind of sermon. Now, I'm not suggesting may, that's may not, but I mean. It- <clears throat> Like, that's what I opened with. I don't think the evangelical church, as we've seen it modeled, would be able to exist without the words of Paul. Like, if they were going strictly off of the words of Jesus or just the sayings of Jesus or even the narrative of Jesus. I don't um, disagree. Take your poison. There would not be an evangelical church possible. So I think in the way of looking at the modern church as being more following or more followers of Paul than of Jesus, I would widely agree with modern the church point that some people are making more following may, may i add to that mm-hmm. so so i agree with you and if it weren't for a non like if it weren't for a reading that tried to make empirical data out of historical documents like what we find from the enlightenment we wouldn't necessarily find these things done to paul's literature mm-hmm. like there was this weird thing that happened in the modern era where what we did is we took texts and decided that we needed to quantify everything historical. And, we, and, and there were some really amazing things that happened from that. And I'm not going to pretend there weren't, but one of them was we decided to read everything from how we wrote history. And so I don't necessarily think, and, and how, let me know how many things you want me to tell to, to say about how much the church is fucked up. And I will after this sentence, but I don't necessarily think that that one is on the church because I don't think the church was in charge of modernism. I think the natural progression of how we tried to interpret how we understood reality was not owned exclusively by the church. Well, at all by the church, frankly. And I don't know if we would be reading Paul the way we do today, if it weren't for that move towards modernism. I don't know. It's interesting. I think it's more of a thought experiment than more of like something we could say, I mean, I'd, I'd be willing to say it more as a thought experiment. I mean, I, like, th- and this isn't my, like, my opinion. Like, this is, this is, like, a, and it's not necessarily scholarly consensus. It's a, philo- it's a philosophical conversation that's happening in a lot of theologians that, like, wh- what we see done to historical literature in the modern era mm-hmm. is really fucking weird, especially towards Eastern literature in a sense of Western supremacy. Like, because Christianity is first and foremost an Eastern religion. 
And like it started from an Eastern space. And then all these Western dudes with Western thinking said, I got that figured out. And we've all met that guy in, in like freshman philosophy class. He thinks he understands everything. And that's what we did within like the modern era is we went, I got this figured out. Don't worry. I've got this for you. And, and, and I'm, um, let me know how many things I need to say that, that the church did is bad. I'll say them all. But I do think that that's something we need to hold in consideration when we look at history, which is not a case for Christianity, but it's a notion of what we need to think about with history. And I was, was going to say, Craig, Craig okay. I apologize because I, I, I took us on that on that tangent. So. It's okay. It I, I just want to start. I, I do like we've got some questions from the audience, so I definitely want to get to them. Um and um, one is, so this wasn't really a question, but the comment made me think of a question from um, one of Christie's uh, TikToks. And so here she says, uh, he was thanking churches for their gifts and payments in his letters. Now, I'm not yep. off the like top of my head, biblically literate enough, but I think like because Christie made a point in a TikTok where there was like one letter that he wrote where he would say that he would never accept payment. And then in another letter, it's where he's thinking, like he would, uh, he's thanking a different church for their gifts and their payments. Yeah. I and so that. I think like, especially with a lot of these comments talking about him as like a con man, I think some people like see these contradictions in Paul and I'm just like, I don't know if those were like, one was a, like a forgery and one was like actually him or like what the, like, but I would love to get some insights from you on it. Time out. Uh, before we do that, Neil, what's up? Ryan, what's up? Um, we can get some insight on that. Ryan would also like uh, breaking down which letters are Paul and which letters are pseudo-Pauline, which I feel like we could probably answer. Um, and also like, yes, we're dating <laughs> Paul, Neil. That's the deal. <laughs> um, MLM. That's right. Oz MLM. did say that MLM. Oh, my bad, Andrew. Like, he was the first one doing that. But um, I feel like, I, again, with the whole comment thing, I don't I don't even know if we can answer it without looking up which verses specifically. I think it would make sense if they are contradictory because of the pseudo-Pauline verses that he's about to talk about. Um, but I also feel like it could be part two, partially what I was saying earlier, where he plays different sides. Like, I, I don't blame him for getting gifts from churches because, like, that's what ministry does. If you're going to be traveling, you have to have a way to travel. <laughs> But, bottom, Paul. but you can't be playing both sides by saying like, yeah, give up all your possessions like Jesus said. And then turning around and being like, thank you so much for your gifts. But like Paul's entire thing was bringing folks into the fold. And I cannot speak to whether or not there was some kind of like ulterior motive for Paul bringing people into the fold. I don't know, right? Like, what does he gain by making people Christians? Maybe someone else can answer that. I don't know. Um, but he certainly, like, off the What? Yeah, I definitely gain? want to hear from Andrew, though, because uh, this is a question for him. Yeah, sorry. Me no, it's okay. Water, you know what I mean? <laughs> So I I love you, I love you too. <laughs> I'll do two minutes and then I'll stop. But just I love y'all. Don't interrupt me. Okay. So hey man, what happened? I will do what I want. 
to be honest. <laughs> Y'all are the worst. I will mute that. I regret okay? suggesting that. Never mind. Go ahead. Um, okay, okay, fine. Um, Paul is has is problematic enough for us to not try and decide terrible moral things about him that may not be true. I know that's not popular. Like, like it's really fun to just be able to be able to say like, he was the worst person possible. He's a con artist. He's all okay. So there's two letters. Well, the Corinthian letters are actually a collection of letters, but there is writing in, in that where he's thanking people for their contributions. The Philippian letter is also a letter where he's thanking people for their contributions. If we're looking at those letters as an example of him being a con artist I think we're just looking for reasons to not like him. Just decide we don't like him and leave it alone. Lightly just decide we, we think he's fucked up and he's a bad person and leave it alone. But there is not textual evidence from these various letters to suggest that he is actively and intentionally being dishonest. But what we do find, and this is interesting, is in the Corinthian letter, I think it's I think it's 2 Corinthians, it might be first. I'm pretty sure it's 2 Corinthians though. He talks about thanking them for their contributions. It is the only time we find him mentioning thanking for contributions that might suggest that it was for him specifically. Um, it is it is an example of him talking to one church. We don't necessarily find it from others. I think if we make a universal case for any of Paul's letters as some kind of like gospel inerrantist view, right? It's just like this is he he never takes it ever unless he suggests he's talking to like the Ephesian church or whatever. There's no reason to think that he had the same approach to all of his churches. It is reasonable to suggest that he might take, he might have been willing or it might've been rude to refuse a donation from some spaces. That is probably more likely in an Eastern view than that. He was just a blatant con artist. Like, I think that's a little bit more of a reason to suggest that he was just taking a meaningful donation. Um, as for the Philippian letter specifically, and that's a, that's a more clear case, the Philippian letter was specifically written for the purpose of him funding a church, uh, another church that had a famine. Uh, and that's why the Philippian letter was written. There's a couple of reasons, but that's one of the letter reasons it was written. If you're talking about that example, he is thanking them for their donation beforehand because he is believing that they will be generous, not for him specifically, but for another church that has a famine that is not that that is a scholarly consensus that that's not my opinion um as far as the corinthian letter that one's interesting and probably more speculative but i do genuinely think it's a reach to suggest this is proof of him being a con man as opposed to him just accepting the generosity of people you're on mute you're still i told on mute. you i was gonna mute you <laughs> go ahead <laughs> <laughs> you're not muted now you're, yeah you're not you're muted, not now. muted now <laughs> i think you actually turned down your mic though before you were muted now i can't hear you at all what happened there it is what happened jess i can hear you now <laughs> it's just like, i don't no. know fuck y'all um okay now, so now, to be clear to... think he's terrible do it i yes but do it based on what we have evidence of does that make sense yeah I get you. Yeah. So we have a I question from uh, Wolfhawk. He said, would we even have the evangelical Christianity as we know it today without Paul? In what ways do you think it would be different? 
I think we kind of we kind of touched on this one earlier. I don't think evangelical Christianity would exist at all without Paul's words. I think it would be very very you different. Don't? Much. Mm-mm. No, I don't think it would be allowed to exist. I don't think what Jesus was doing perpetuates the same kind of different facets we see within the evangelical movement, whether that is mission trips to every single corner of the earth to try to convert people, or whether that is the prosperity gospel, or like I, whether that's purity culture, whether that is being against marriage for gay people, like whatever it is that is kind of like plaguing our society is always rooted in somebody misusing Paul's words. And I think that's kind of the entire foundation of the evangelical church. So I don't think it would exist without him. Um, I agree fully. I would also like to add, we would also not have the evangelical church without fundamental shifts in our philosophical understanding of how to read stuff. Yes. And that may sound less popular of a take like that. You couldn't make a 15 second TikTok off of that. You couldn't, but like, if it weren't for the fundamental philosophical shifts we've had in the past 2000 years, and there's been a couple, maybe at least two um, of, of philosophical shifts in the past 2000 years. I also don't, I, I don't think we would read Paul the way that we do if it weren't for those. And I really don't think that it, it, to be clear again, hate Paul, do it genuinely go for it. I'm not suggesting you believe in anything, but what I am saying is like, if we're going to read history, it gets really fucking complicated real fast. And one of the things that makes it complicated is there have been huge philosophical shifts in how we think we understand the world. And I don't think that like, like we wouldn't read Paul the way we would without the enlightenment. We wouldn't read Paul the way that we do without Constantine. We wouldn't read Paul the way we did without uh, the, like the reformation. We wouldn't read Paul the way we do if it weren't for the Puritans hating Catholics. That's a weird thing in America. Like the Puritans just like, fuck those people. We wouldn't read Paul the way we would if they weren't for the Puritans and, you know, pushback against the Church of England, loving Aristotle. Like, it's not – I, I, we need to make it as complicated as possible if we're going to be responsible with history. And if we're going to be people that are committed to truth, let's make it as complicated as fucking possible. Let's not pretend it's simple. Let's not make any villains out of people that aren't villains. I'm committed to justice and vigilantism. And I want to go back in time and kill Paul. Wait, so are you, you have a, you 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 have a marketing campaign for cancel Paul shirts. I don't I want to hear anything about your justice campaign. Bullshit. I'm convinced to probably made in pettiness. The pettiness. See, there you go. Bye. Hey. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, definitely Next. need to make the like, y'all need Jagazis merch for sure. <laughs> I, no, I'll, I'll buy that shirt. I don't there, know why I never even thought about that. I will buy that shirt, too. I have changed um, designs on my website, and I never even thought of that. That's too cute. Okay. Um, do we have um, any Okay, questions? so next question. Do you think Paul should be canceled for his stance on slavery? It's complicated. So I have a lot of thoughts and feelings on this, right? Because, like... I am very much of the opinion that if you support slavery, you're just a fucked up idiot. It's a good opinion. <laughs> but I am very much speaking from a perspective in which um, I have history and context and all of these other things. Um, and and we do we don't uh, sorry we do have slavery, but not in the same way. So I am conflicted about canceling everything Paul ever said. 
over a viewpoint that was 100% normal in his time. Do I think it was right? No, I don't think it was right. However, like, are we expecting every, like, do we cancel Thomas Jefferson? Like, like, do we cancel everybody that ever owned a slave? Like, do I think fucking Thomas Jefferson was right? No, I don't. But do I think that, like, everything he ever said or did was fucking god-awful and should be canceled? Also, like, questionable, right? Like, there's there's layers to this shit. Am I wrong? No, like, I, I, think, you're right. I think a legitimate thing that we need to address at some point is that Wait, a lot how of How are we not monetized? Neil is trying to spend his. We don't have dollar bills. Uh, enough We're hours at like yet. we need like fourteen. So watch our stuff, Neil guys. If you want us to get monetized, <laughs> we need to get to four thousand watch hours. We're about twelve hundred away. So like, one thing that we probably need to address at some point is there has been a legitimate existential trauma behind a lot of our foundations when it comes to religion, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and that existential trauma cannot have a zero effect on how we talk about this stuff me included right like there are probably some arguments where i would want to like justify things that i probably shouldn't and i'm aware of that like like like, and that's the reason i'm like don't believe this that's fine whatever like i'm still processing that right um i was talking to someone actually today about paul in this way about slavery May, may i share that conversation a little bit Please do. Sure. So, if I was talking to like someone who needed the Paul, needed the Bible to still be inerrant, this is what I would say to them. In the letter to Philemon or Philemon, whatever, you find an argument for the value of Onesimus by the letters to Timothy, we find mention of Onesimus being the pastor of the church of Ephesus. The way that inerrantists interpret that transition is that the rhetoric of Paul was used to the, for the purpose of the freedom of the slave. That is how that rhetoric has been used by a number of theologians. And a number of pastors. That's how I'd say to an inerrantist who needs these letters to be by Paul and need these needs these letters to be in a pretty order where everything's clean and cut. The way that I would say this to not an inerrantist, to someone who's just trying to deal with the shit, is for whatever reason, there is something about Paul that has had a specific value in black theology in womanist theology, and in Muharista theology. That's, you know, um, womanist Hispanic theology. And in their theology, that also ties to Paul. For whatever reason, they find liberation in him. And the primary rhetoric, the primary language of womanist theology, which I was reminded of today, and I'm grateful uh, for Rev Raya for reminding me of this because I was having a conversation about like uh, a wrestling with like oppression in the Bible was the purpose of womanist theology is what is this text doing to you and your people? And for whatever reason, there are people of color that find their 
center and a rhetoric that bolsters and emboldens their liberation in this text that a lot of white people point out justify slavery. And, and I'm not that, saying that that is a clear argument. I'm saying that that is something to hold in tension. And I think it's an important thing to hold in tension. And that's fair. And that's fair. My, my rebuttal to that is, I know we're kind of moving out of the debate format, but my rebuttal to that still stands from earlier. I think we very much could have had those movements would have still been happening without Paul's existence. He's not the one who spurred those movements. Don't um, and I think they would have found that solace in other writers. I don't think Th that they could have found that in the tour the without any of these that. writings. Exactly. I don't disagree. Exactly. I or like in you know Jesus's words because he's supposed to be the religion. So what what I think is really interesting is like there is liberation foundations in Jesus, but I find in my experience and in my readings, we find more feminist readings in Jesus than we do liberationist readings in Jesus. Well, yeah, because like, he's trans. Sorry. That might be it. Um, but so, like, where are you at, Greg Locke? You haven't called me out yet. So, like, real talk, the strongest argument against Paul, like that, that I cannot do anything with, is like. I, I don't know, and, and I was reminded of this today as well um, when I was talking to a friend, is that there really is not a what is this text doing to you for your better from a feminist perspective when it comes to Paul. Doesn't exist, mm -hmm. which is fascinating to me. Like, And so we got uh, to deal with that. Um and that's probably so. I, I gave you your winning point. There it is. Thank you. Okay. Um. So I do want to because um we want to start wrapping this up. So um I am gonna be a little bit more direct with like, hey, answer the question and like shut the fuck up. Like you know. I, like, I have way. a quick question though. Yes, ma'am. Like, okay. Sorry. Um. So I know personally, deep inside, Jagazus, you need to go. Soonzies. Yes. Um. I want to know, honestly, Andrew, if you're open to staying and answering a few more questions or if you want to, like... Can I take a bathroom break? Yes, but, like, I yes, feel I like there are questions that are worth so answering, and I also do... think that Matt can, like, go eat food and sleep. <laughs> why don't we do this? Why don't we have... Um... So, wait, do you need to go to the restroom right now? Me? I can hold it. Oh, okay. Why don't we do the closings? <laughs> like so do both five minute closings. That way, Matt yes. uh, Jagazis can go. And I don't feel like we even we'll need go. to like close. I feel like we kind of closed in the questions. I feel like we've all won. I feel like we should just take a vote and say, um, you know, I win. That's it. <laughs> hey. <laughs> or we um, can close the poll and see how that went. I, I, I think that there is justification in living the life of the Paul. All right, guys. So the poll says 69% voted for cancel poll, and that's just 69. 69? 69. That makes me feel like I'm more perfect. <laughs> if it's 69%, I think we all win. Yeah. Well, well we're it's all it's a mutual winning perfect. happening right there. I don't know oh. a single person who is familiar with that opportunity and was just like highlight okay. of my weekend. Not like it's always like it, it, it's it's fine. It's a win for everyone every time. It's okay. 
Hey. All right. So then why don't we instead, um, I'm going to take uh, the three of us off and I'm going to have Matt just kind of do some closing remarks. Um, and then I'll have Andrew do some closing remarks. I know that's the reverse order, but Matt's got to go. Um, I well, keep saying your name. I feel I'm so like sorry. I've already done the vote. So if like Andrew is open to like doing questions, I'll stay on. He can stay on and then we can go from there. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I have no, like, special knowledge, but I feel like we've had all of our chats. Jesus, was there anything else that you haven't yeah. said about Paul that you want um, to before you go? Yeah. Well, here, the, I take you really... off. Let me go to the bathroom. Let, let Jesus. No. Okay, <sighs> thank you. Bye, <laughs> bitch. Right, no. <laughs> um, no, I think the only thing I would close with is, you know, the regular thank you, everyone, for being here. Thank you for, yes. like, chilling, hanging out. And while I do see Andrew's points in how it can be used for good and how liberation can come to many different groups and it can be a beautiful thing and rhetoric's interesting and historical contributions are great. Um, my only argument is just in a very... You know what I mean? Yeah, just cancel Paul. <laughs> in a very modern sense of the word, is I, I don't obviously think you can cancel anybody or remove their works from history. Like, I don't cancel Darwin for being a racist, but... Um, I do feel like we need to push back on it and be more vocal. And so I say it in the same way that I dress up as a gay Jesus online to be extreme enough that people pay attention to it. And I feel like if the church were really wanting to be so focused on social justice, they should be calling it out too. They should be calling out the non-existent scriptures. They should be calling out the way that it's abused when there's actually more historical rhetoric and it needs to just divorce itself from Paul a little bit. And when I say cancel Paul, I wrap that up into that point of remove him from being this kind of figurehead you need, this figurehead you should listen to. He was a man 2,000 years ago who was misogynistic, who was, by his own words, a killer. You shouldn't hang up all your hopes and dreams on this guy. Yep. Also, get fucking Pat Lowinger on here to discuss feminism. And Paul. And yes, it was good for me. Thank you, Anjar. <laughs> Make Paul Saul again. I'm die. I was going to ask if we wanted to, like, since Matt is. Oh my oh, God, what you're doing? It? I'm so sorry. Ooh, when you point sorry. it out, it makes it worse because then they're like, oh. Anyone? Yeah, it's called a Tyson dilemma. That's the technical it. term for it, where if you oppose something, uh, get fucking loudly. Pat and Neil on here. I mean, I can DM them, so that way, yeah, like, since Jagazus needs to go, yeah. I would really love to facilitate a discussion between... Neil? Pat? Pat? And... What the fuck are y'all doing? Because I didn't sleep. <laughs> I know they don't sleep. Jagazus, yeah, I think you got to go eat, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I have, like, eat. a whole list of things I need to do. Yes. Neil <laughs> is down. Send this man the link. And also, I'm um, I'm alive. We were going to cover that. I'm fine. I don't think we are going to cover it, though. Oh, yes. If you all saw the TikTok videos, send us a message. But he's good, and his 5'4 king is somewhere sad. So It's, it's really sad, too, because he was kind of hot. But, you know, know you win some, you lose some. He was but so good. <laughs> you didn't see... I don't think anyone got the other guy that was there with the dreads on. He was also... Actually, all three of the guys that were there making noise are just really attractive. It was very interesting. Um, I didn't know if I wanted to debate or like just insert myself into that group of three guys that just showed up. But <laughs> <laughs> yourself into well, and then their they were what? like, 
we would have annoyed you with Iowa oh, and oh, oil. And they're like, we you know, so you brought Luke to this situation? That was, cool. I should have made that joke. That was the one thing that I was like, no. Ow. Because, okay, you know what? I will say this. I will say this before I go. The fact that uh, in that TikTok, he was like touching my arm or whatever. And that's what a lot of people like focused on is like, he's touching me. Don't touch. Someone said no touchy, Hold touchy, my hand, um, But it was funny because I, I would... I don't know. I would mirror that energy back. And so the way that he kept touching my shoulders, I would then go and be like, hey, like, calm down for a second. And I would put my hand on his shoulder. He says, don't touch me. Don't touch me. And I was like, you've been touching well, me this don't entire hold my time. Hand, ho. You've been touching me. <laughs> I thought this was like how we are communicating. But like, interesting that you're going to keep yelling that as if I'm like infected. But the one thing that did bother me is not his touching. Even the praying, I was like, don't pray for people who don't give you consent. So I tried right. to test him on that. Um, but I didn't care that much. But the oil, I was like, I don't know where that oil's been. I don't know what you're trying to rub. He had homemade oil that he was like, let me let me anoint you with this oil as well after the prayer. And I was like, absolutely not. That's I have great hard. news. Well, if a Christian wants to anoint you with oil, that is some that serious oil. They're not my TikTok fuck didn't show that. that. The parents that like on your way to the airport, bitch. Where are you going? I mean, Pat. It was just. <laughs> well, if you just said that, I would have been like, okay. I mean, hey, <laughs> love it, um, Neil. If you want to send me your um, Skype or whatever, uh, however you want to do it, because I have Neil on Facebook. I don't have him on Skype, but I have y'all on Skype, and I don't have so. Bye, okay, Jesus. I'm gonna Bye. I love everybody. Uh, Bye. Just like you too. for my soul. Love you so much, Andrew. You're staying on. Okay. okay. I have. I have wine. I'll watch your wrap up like tomorrow too, just so, to see what happens. Shit, talk to me after I get off. I'll know. Eat some food. No. Goodbye, <laughs> bitch. Bye.